Welcome to Dreamers to Leaders, Keeping It Real with Melody podcast. Melody is a born dreamer who started from being a flight attendant and worked her way up into now a tech fashion trendsetter, thought leader, and seasoned entrepreneur in multiple successful ventures. This podcast is for the awakened dreamer. Industry icons will share their humble beginnings up to the leaders they are today. Let's all learn and be inspired. Together, we can all prosper. Hello and welcome to the Dreamers to Leaders podcast. It's the podcast for the dreamers and more importantly, the doers. I'm your host, Melody. Today, we will tackle a socially relevant topic. It's about a humanitarian crisis that most of our audience may have not heard of until today. To help us lift the curtain and shed light into this pressing issue, we have a filmmaker who has an upcoming documentary. She also has a master's in um, in film and video, and in 2009, she launched her own production outfit called The Hidden Village Film that specializes in socially relevant movies. Ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome Juliana Pineranda Loftus. Hola, Juliana. Hola, Melanie. Thanks for having me here. ¿Cómo estás? Muy bien. Thank you. Happy to to talk about the new film and anything else you want to know. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, welcome to the show. And uh, so to start, let's, um, if you could share with our audience, a little bit of a, a background or a backstory on your life prior to being a filmmaker. Sure. Uh, I grew up in a small um, border town called uh, Cucuta in Colombia. And since a very early age, I believe I was probably 11 years old, I found my calling after watching this film called The Goonies. Um, we, I watched the film and I, coming from a small city and being exposed to so much in that film, to a new world, United States kids um, discovering a treasure. I was fascinated by it. And at that point I said, I wanna do what they're doing. I wanna take people to other places. Like so I was transported to this new world. And since that moment, I knew I wanted to tell stories and I knew that I wanted to be a filmmaker. And all I would say is, what do you want to do when you, when you grow up? And I'm like a film director. Oh, wow. At that point, I really didn't know what it takes to be a film director. I was very young, but I kept that in my head. And I repeated to myself like it was a script. And I was, that's all I would see. I wouldn't see anything else. And uh, that, that kept me, you know. Uh, so that was uh, very early on that you knew and you stuck, you stuck to that dream, right? Right, right. That's awesome. So um, in terms of inspiration, so you watched Goonies. <laughs> um, and, and yes, I remember there's a lot of uh, adventure and all the characters uh, in the movie, they are all, you know, with unique personality. Is there anything else that inspired you to, to take that uh, path? At that point, no. But later on, at that point, it was just uh, taking people to 
see other realities, other countries. And as I was growing up, I discovered the power of filmmaker, mm-hmm. uh, of filmmaking. And it was, we could expose millions of people to a story. And that was what really kept me going with my dream. Uh, I discovered a deeper meaning about making films. A a deeper purpose, right? A deeper purpose, thank you. Then, of course, we have to entertain the audience with our films. But I also hope that I can communicate something new, something that they haven't been exposed to in the past. Mm -hmm. And I hope to bring people together through filmmaker and through my stories and act as a bridge between cultures. Wonderful. Uh, So in terms of that career path, uh, Juliana, uh, was there anything that you wish you would have known prior to really going deep into into that career path? You think when you hear that, uh, you know, somebody is a film director, it sounds like very glamorous. Mm -hmm. And there is a lot of hard work that you need to be ready to, to take to over. Take uh-huh. yeah. And uh, just be open-minded and knowing that you're not going to be a film director right away uh, and that you have to go through the steps. And that's actually going to even make you better, you know, better as a professional, better when you are a director. And in, in my case, I became a producer first. Oh, uh-huh. Well, it was, a, it was, I should say, it was a long... It was a long um, road. Um, I discovered that I was good on, with the camera. Uh-huh. And, um, and I was capturing great films. I, my first documentary was in Afghanistan. I went to Afghanistan after September 11. And the budget was really tight. And of course, you, the, the foundation couldn't bring too many people. It was the war was taking place. It was 10 months later. So I said, I'll do camera. I produce, I direct. And I'm like, oh my God, I didn't know what I was getting into. But the footage came out beautifully. And I have to say, and the images were powerful enough that the foundation was able to raise over $100,000 that were used to build schools in Afghanistan. And especially there were some schools for girls because as, as we know, the Taliban didn't allow wow. yeah. women to go to school. So um, this amazing woman um, took me there and I tried to get as much as food as I can. And that was my first exposure to the power of filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so with regards to, you mentioned hard work, right? That there needs to be, that's something that one needs to know that they have to um, really be ready for. Uh, what type of hard work uh, did you have to go through to get to where you are um, right now? Sure, I'll tell you something about my beginnings. Um, I start at school, like film school at the age of 17. Uh, but at the age of 19, I really wanted to get exposed to real life. So I found an internship mm-hmm. and I start as a production assistant. Uh, I had a car that picked me up at 4.30 a.m. and would drop me 
at 11 or midnight. I mean, and it's not that today I sleep too many hours, uh, but, but back then when you're 19, you want to be exposed to do other things. And I thought, you know, the more I, I got in, into this uh, film world, the more responsibilities they would give me. Mm-hmm. And I end up, um, I think I was three years or two years later that I end up managing the schedule for actors at the age of 22 and telling these huge actors uh, what time to be on the set and sending a limo to pick up the actor and making sure that they, they were there or I was going to put the whole crew behind. Mm-hmm. And so I start getting responsibilities at a very early age, uh, sleeping very little. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, that, but that exposed me to, that was a great school. Now that I see it, it was, it was fun to be working. I worked really long hours. So there's the price, a price uh, to pay to, yes. to, to, uh, to, 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 to where you are. It's not just uh, glitz and glamour, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you see it, you see it, but the behind the scenes, we, must, we, we have to make things happen and, and it takes a lot of effort. So you mentioned Afghanistan, going to Afghanistan after September 11. Uh, was that your first time to be in the Middle East? And how was that experience? Weren't you afraid? It was my first time. Um, when, when you get into a documentary, you really believe in your main character. And you are really driven by their passion. Mm-hmm. And I was amazed by the work she was doing. I mean, I, I, I couldn't believe that even before September 11, she was traveling back and forth between the United, you know, United States and she was an, she's an Afghan. Hmm. And so I was just driven by her passion to tell the story. And of course, I was really scared at the beginning when I said, yes, let's do it. Uh-huh. I didn't measure the implications until you really feel like you're getting the visas. My visa didn't arrive on time. I I did many crazy things that now I, I, I don't think I would do because I have kids now. You mentioned you, uh, you produced, you, um, you, you directed. So in terms of um, directing, yeah. what would you consider to be that distinguishing factor on what makes a great director? So there's a good director and a great director. What makes someone great? And is there anyone there that you admire? I... Um, I think that a great director has to really connect with people and have to, has to understand the human behavior. Mm. And I love uh, Christopher Kieslowski and the trilogy that they, uh, that he has with um, white, red, and blue. And I just feel like if you connect with your characters, you can connect better with the audience. And it's like understanding that we're not here to, to, make a story for ourselves or our small group of people. In our minds, it always has to be who I'm telling the story for, who is my bigger audience, how I can reach them, how I can get to their heart and mind. And so I think understanding the human behavior is very important. Um, and in, of course, in addition to that, you have to have talent and you and have a vision to tell your story. and. Have a new and fresh perspective. About how to tell that story, because um, that story may have been told 
several times. Um, it just telling the story in a different way or in a fresh way. Yeah, it's really that craft or the art of a storytelling and being able to connect uh, with your audience. So, Uyana, with regards to your journey, um, is there one vivid failure or what you would consider your biggest failure that you feel has um, really been a teaching moment for you, that you've learned a lot? That's a tough question. Uh, I feel in the personal level, no balancing your personal life with your professional life. Uh-huh. Um, I think filmmakers were very passionate people and we can in a way forget about what's going on and we because we get so much into our stories and we have to get it done but we have to remember also that we have a life a personal life and finding that balance between filmmaking and 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 having kids you know it's very important and uh that would say that's my my biggest thing when i uh, after i had my uh twins i worked really hard um to I was working on a film called Land Philharmonic and it was really tough finding that balance between being a new mom and having the responsibility to to finish this film so that was tough um on the other hand once you see the film on the screen it's like wow all this sweat it was worth it but advice that I will give to people the other one is if you're making a documentary, uh, give yourself um, time because sometimes when you're when you're doing fiction and when the script is approved, everything is is more control. You you have a schedule, you have a budget, and the script is there. When you're doing documentaries, it's really hard to control somebody else's life because we're we're at the mercy of the of the characters, and the characters have to go through a journey. So it's give a little bit yourself, be realistic about the times. Uh, you know, it may take how long it may take your character to get to where he needs to get in the film and, and give yourself that room. And then talk to your collaborators and, mm-hmm. and discuss the different options uh, about what's going on with the schedule. Um, so with regards to like um, landing, landing a project, working with, working with different personalities, um, and, and all the dynamics that go behind making a documentary, was there anything that was like a major flop that was really painful uh, for you? Was there anything like that that you could maybe share? Or it's been pretty, it's been pretty light uh, for you with regards to, to that journey? It has been extremely, it has been very difficult just to get the, just to get the budgets together to make a film is really hard. Just to start a project is really hard. Uh, just to give you an example with, with this film on Land Philharmonic, we knew we had this story with, with my partner Alejandra, but we couldn't get people to believe in this story. So we came up with the idea of um, releasing this teaser to prove to prove donors, to prove grantees that we had this story. And it wasn't until we released this teaser that the story went viral that people said, oh, there you go. This is what these two women were trying to, to accomplish. Uh, so just getting, getting the funding to make a film is, is very stressful. 
and sometimes knowing that there are great things in the film that are happening right there and you can't film them because you don't have all the funding in place right now and letting go part of this story. Although as a filmmaker and producer, you do everything possible in your way to get that moment on camera. But there are moments that are very stressful financially um, in order to put a film together. It's not just like this that happens. And it happens for me and for any other filmmakers that are out there trying to put their movies together. And thank you for sharing the Landfill uh, Harmonic uh, trailer. I was actually blown away, uh, Liliana. The cinematography, the, the soundtrack uh, that you used, as well as, uh, you know, even that 1 minute 43, there was that powerful storytelling that you guys have done there. So, so um, amazing work. Thank is you. That, and is that one of your proudest moments? Is, is that one of the, from the list of what you've done? What would you consider your highlight, your shining moment in your career? My shining moment is seeing a theater full of people like ready to see your film and when you feel when you see in their faces that the story works it's like wow it, it really happened and all the efforts are here and this is why you are a filmmaker and mm -hmm. so my proudest moment was in one of the proudest moments it was a screening land philharmonica at the chinese theater wow the chinese theater through the AFI Film Festival. And I believe that the hour before Angelina Jolie had shown their film or, their, or, or during the festival. Uh, and many filmmakers were like during that festival showing their films there. But our film had the theater, it was packed. It was, uh, it was packed and it was kids and teenagers. Um, I, I don't remember, but probably more than a thousand kids. I mean, all loving, loving the screening and loving the presentation of the orchestra. And that's when you said, wow, this is why I make films, to connect with people. And everything, um, all the hard work, uh, all of a sudden is so worth it. So if you don't mind, we're going to um, attach a link to that trailer, because I think it is phenomenal. I mean, the story and the fact that it's true, just the fact that they could really make music from garbage, literally, right? <laughs> is, is uh, astounding. Now, um, so speaking of proudest moment, let's talk about uh, your upcoming film, uh, The Crossing. What's so special about this project, uh, Juliana? Well, to me personally, what's special is that it takes place in my hometown of Cúcuta. And Cúcuta is a small border city and nobody knows what Cúcuta is. I'm very proud to say I'm from Cúcuta. Uh, but in 2019, the name of this city was all over the news because it was Richard Branson uh, together with a, with a team of um, Colombian entrepreneurs who were putting together this concert to get humanitarian, uh, or to, to alert the world of what's what was happening in Venezuela. And they put together this amazing concert with this amazing and generous artist that went to Cúcuta uh, to, 
to get together and, and bring this uh, message to the world of Venezuela needs help and we're here to tell the world what's going on. And it gave me the opportunity to give voice to an issue, an issue of the humanitarian crisis that's going on in Venezuela and an issue of how is it affecting Venezuela, but how is it affecting Colombia and the continent itself. And so it's, it's an opportunity to tell the world what's happening there. And that's why it's so dear to me. Mm -hmm. uh, so given, I mean, watching the trailer, you know, the, 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 um, the oppression, the atrocities and the, the struggles that the people um, are going through, it, it's, still, it's still ongoing, right? Their, their struggles. Yes, the issue is not, it's not getting any better. And especially right now during uh, the COVID has been really hard. Uh, there was a time where, where the, the borders are closed right now because of COVID, but somehow people and the necessity that they have, they find a way to get through other, other places and other, other ways to get in. Mm -hmm. um, and you can see people walking on food for miles, miles, like families with kids, moms with three months, you know, babies carrying it. And that's no fair that the world that we are allowing that to take place and it needs to stop. And I don't have an answer right now how I need to stop. So what I'm doing is sharing first, sharing their testimonies to see if we can bring together uh, solutions. Um, I believe that the government of Colombia is doing a lot uh, for this. I believe what it makes me proud is seeing that we don't take families apart. Uh, you see the, the mother with the, with the kids, with the kids and the dad. And it's, it's hard. It's hard on the country because Colombia already have issues. Mm -hmm. But um, the government has, haven't had the, the heart to tell them don't come here. Or, oh, we have to separate you because you're illegal, so I'm going to take the kids here. And this is what happened in here. And I'm not, I'm not agreeing with that, with, with how families were taken apart. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's one of the best things about what's happening there. We're keeping families together and we're trying. It's not, it's very hard, you know. Imagine coming into your city, one million, since 2005 and 15, more than four million people have left Venezuela and many on foot through Cúcuta. Mm -hmm. So it's oh, called, it's the hard. film is called uh, Crossing Border because the Venezuelan uh, refugees are trying to cross that border to get to the camp in Colombia, in Cucuta. There are, um, right now there's some camps because of the COVID, but normally they just cross on foot and they could go through Cucuta and if they find a job, they stay there. But right now, because there's so many, they keep splitting and going to Bogota or to whoever they have another family member that could help or they have a friend. And they even walk to um, Ecuador, Peru. Imagine yourself walking, I mean... Hundreds of miles, right? 500 miles on food with your kids. It just, it just, I, I can't comprehend this. You cannot comprehend it until you see it. Right, right. Uh, so with regards to how pressing the issue is, why do you think it hasn't reached uh, the traction? 
or it hasn't reached uh, as much people in the world as it should. Why do you think is that? I think especially now with COVID, mm -hmm. we're all trying to find our world, our little bottles. And, mm -hmm. and right now we're forgetting about other issues and because we're trying to survive, right? So I'm trying to bring back this topic because I understand that everybody has their own issues, but we need to be aware of what's happening in our surroundings. And I know that it's hard to help in hard times, but there is a way that we can always help. Mm -hmm. uh, so with regards to behind the scene in making that film, uh, would you mind sharing the challenges that you endured, that you experienced in completing the project? The challenges that we had, it was the first one. I found this story three days before it was happening. Usually I am very organized in, in doing all the developing of my projects and uh, having the time to plan and then the, where are we going to get the, some funding? And usually the seed funding comes first from the filmmaker. Yeah. Um, it, it really depends. And, but in this case, uh, I just phoned out of this story and I had to get on a plane within two days and, and travel from Arizona. At that point, I was living in Arizona. So fly to Arizona to first Bogota and then from Bogota to Cucuta to make it on time because I wanted to be on that concert, which is the beginning of all the story that's happening in the film. Uh, so it was really challenging putting everything together in three days when you're in other countries with no budget to start a project uh, and, uh, and hiring professionals you know, you have to pay, you know, you have to get professional people to help you, camera, sound. So putting together that, it was really hard, special at the beginning. Um, and I have some wonderful people that uh, came on board right after and, uh, and he helped to, to make, um, to finish this film. Yeah, hats off to you. In two days, you were able to mobilize a team to help you with that cause. So that says and speaks a lot about your charisma uh, as a leader to, to inspire and influence people to kind of really be on board uh, with, with, your, with your project. Uh, so Juliana, you know, looking at um, the challenges, what is the flip side to that? What, uh, what would you consider to be the most rewarding uh, moment in doing that film? I think the most rewarding moment is when you're ready to share this story with the world and I'm putting all the things together to release the trailer and uh, I am ready for that challenge and I hope that the people connect with this story. Uh -huh. So um, with regards to the finished product, right? Is there anything that you, looking at, looking at the finished product, is there anything that you think you would change or do different uh, differently or um, add to to the project? Sure, you always want to keep filming and keep getting more personal with the characters that appear in the film. I am actually in this film myself. Huh. Uh, it was it wasn't intended at the beginning, but I discovered that I that in order to tell the story of bringing the audience 
to this city, um, it was a good way to, to tell it, to mm -hmm. start telling the story through me, um, to take them to my city. And once I got there, I just, there were some amazing activists that appear in the film. And there is this amazing woman that, that I follow and I'm, and it just, I wish I would have the time to follow her character even more. And some of the beautiful characters that I meet, some of the refugees, um, moms um, and kids that I, I did there that I have wished I would have got more into those, uh, into their lives. But of course, there is a limitation of time and budget. So, so, so with I regards to um, support, you know, from our audience, um, what would you suggest would be ways for our audience to support? The first thing I would um, would love from all of you is to visit the website, uh, thecrossingdoc.com. And then by visiting the website, going to take action. And you can take the different ways, you can discover the different ways to help. It's just by sharing the trailer or by liking the page in social media or by visiting the websites of the organizations that are really making a change there, that are helping refugees there. You can pick from an organization that is helping uh, refugees with medicine. Uh, we can big organizations that are helping kids with school supplies, uh, it can help families with housing, uh, and just different ways to, to, to help. And that's what I'm trying to expose people. Please visit the website. Please help us to share the trailer. If we can share the trailer, it's going to be easier to tell the story and get more places to distribute the film. Basically, I also heard that this is an Oscar contender. So how exciting is that? Can you tell us more about that? We are um, submitting the film. It's a process and the film had to pass by and meet all these requirements in order to qualify. So we're in the process of, of submitting the film and the film has been invited to great festivals too. So we're, we're doing all that. How and exciting. Exciting. Congratulations uh, very much uh, in this accomplishment, Hoyana. So for you lending your talent, your effort, your energy, the passion in uh, sharing the story and creating awareness uh, to the world of this, uh, of this crisis. So, um, you know, I applaud you uh, for, for what you've done and continue to do. I think the more of having an Oscar, what it means is giving the opportunity to the people that appear in the documentary to tell the story. Mm -hmm. And that's why we're doing the effort to do the campaign. So the more exposure the film gets, the more exposure that people see. Many people said, oh my God, Juliana, I didn't know what was going on in, in Venezuela. Okay. Nowadays, okay. You, you feel like, yeah, do you know what's happening with the humanitarian crisis in Venezuela? And I'm like, get stuff. I'm like, no, I don't. I just watched a film at the festival. I just, you know, I had a private screening and they were like, thank you so much for letting us know what's going on there. So uh, it just doing the work of exposing people and then giving them the chance to help, you know, help by sharing the trailer, share by telling people, help by watching it, whatever, when the film is on sale, it's um, connecting with these nonprofit organizations that so many ways to help. Aha. Uh -huh. So for our audience out there, check out the trailer. I personally find 
that it has a lot of heart. You know, it was heart-wrenching to see some of the oppression uh, piece there, but at the same time, it was uplifting uh, to see the, the compassion, the generosity, and the brotherhood uh, between nations. So uh, good storytelling there, Juliana. So again, congratulations and more power to you. Thank you so much for having me here. And for all the dreamers out there, keep believing. You got this. Till next time.